Hi again, welcome back to Teal Town USA. I'm Eric Hura, and today, please be joined once again. It's our annual chat with Sharks broadcaster Randy Hahn. Randy, good to see you. How was your summer? Uh, summer was good. Uh, it was. It seemed really long, but we played into uh, almost May because of the scheduling and stuff like that. So I guess it wasn't really that long. But uh, it's good to be back. Yes, indeed. Congratulations, by the way, on becoming an American citizen as well. Thank you. Uh, absolutely. Uh, and we'll we'll kind of going to have a little bit of a travel thing going on here. Uh, yeah, this edition. Uh, Got to ask. How personally? How was Europe? How uh, how are you uh, jet lag wise? I I did a trip, you know, earlier in the summer, and uh, it, it got me a little bit. Um, it actually got me on the way home, and and usually it doesn't. Um, but uh, for the first three days this week, I was uh, going to bed at like seven thirty or eight o'clock at night. Um, try I, I should have um, thought of it and had the senior special at at Denny's. But um, and then uh, waking up at like five o'clock in the morning. So but I'm gradually I'm getting back onto uh, the normal clock now. So pretty much back to normal. But it was a it was a different trip for me because um, I got married a year ago. So our uh, honeymoon got postponed due to the pandemic and our plan was to go to go to Paris. So I figured here's the chance. So we went uh, my wife and I went to Paris uh, a week ahead of the team going to Berlin. And we spent uh, four or five days there and then went up to uh, Normandy and did all the uh, World War II history up there and and just kind of fell in love with that area, really uh, enjoyed our time there. And then uh, flew to Berlin, met up with the team a week ago uh, or so on the Sunday when the Sharks flew in and then jumped right into work mode. So uh, it was uh, half pleasure. And then uh, the other half was, uh, you know, pushing on and doing the Ice Baron game and then doing the two games against Nashville. But uh definitely immersed back into the season now oh my goodness what what a trip and, and congrats again by the way i remember seeing the pictures uh when when everything came out so uh glad you had a great time in paris germany i i've been wanting to go back to germany for a long time so i'm a little jealous but uh but uh getting to the czech republic you know the the games at hand is there any little difference calling a game over overseas versus like a, like a typical road game for you and Hetty? Yeah, there were a lot of differences. Uh, the number one difference was that we were the international English feed. So okay. um, we were responsible for calling a 50-50 kind of telecast, equal um, amounts ice baron when we did the game in Germany and also when we did the games in Prague to try and uh, play to both a Nashville audience and a San Jose audience, even though the Predators had their own announcers there. So we weren't seen in the Nashville market, but around the country on the NHL network and any other country that wanted to take the feed in English, um, our feed was the international feed. So your responsibility is to is to do a more balanced show, uh, much different than you know what, what we'll do uh, on the Sharks home games, which is a Shark-centric show. Right. And we had to focus on both teams. And that was especially tough in, in Germany because uh, you know, when I saw Ice Baron play, that was the first time I'd ever seen Ice Baron. Uh, they did not have a practice ahead of their game against the Sharks. There was no morning skate, things like that. So it was just like, you know, baptism by fire. There was a couple of guys on the team that were, you know, former NHLers. But then it turned out most of those didn't play because they were hurt. Uh, Zach Boychuk was an exception. He 
he um, was a former first round draft pick. So it was, it was studying quickly to try and, you know, learn the, uh, the German team, the Berlin team, and then try and do a balanced show. And it, that's tough because you just don't have a, a data bank um, of knowledge about ice bar in Berlin and you got to try and do the best you can. So um, that was challenging. Not so much after that, because of course we know the predators well, and by good luck for me, um, I did a Predators playoff game on TNT last spring. So one of the most recent games I had done was a Predators game uh, against Colorado in that series where they got swept. So I was still pretty familiar with, you know, their lineup and what changes they made. Um, so that was the biggest difference. And then just the broadcast setup in those countries, it's different than what we're used to at home. It's not as dedicated an area uh, like, a, like your own press box or broadcast booth. It varies from building to building. And in uh, Prague, we were kind of just set up in the stands with tables. Oh, but, wow. <laughs> um, but that turned out to be good because where they put us, if that's where I was for um, an NHL game uh, over here, it would be the best location in the league. We were that down low in the bottom section, but still high enough up to get the perspective of the game. So it was great. I mean, you could you could hear the guys yelling at each other and and really see the game well. So that that was the the uh, the positive out of Prague. And, uh, you know, they ended up being good games, too. So it wasn't that hard to be 50 50 on the telecast. Nashville's obviously a good team. Um, some people think they could be a, a, a cup contender this year. I happen to agree with that. And so there was plenty to talk about for both teams. Yeah, definitely a, a fun time out, out there. And, and yeah, nice broadcast uh, spot. I, I mean, I've always liked the one that you've had in the Shark Tank right at, right in the middle, like the front row in front of everybody. So that's that's always nice to have for sure. Yeah, and that's where we're pretty much back now. We're just over a little bit. But now they that uh, last year they moved us back down. And uh, I haven't been to the booth yet, but <laughs> I'm, I'm told we're in the same spot. So hopefully gotcha. they moved us back up into the uh, stratosphere. <laughs> that's what it seems like up there for sure. Yeah, it is actually. My, you know, with the new Jumbotron, might be just better off watching the game up there when you're way up there. You get a better view. That thing is massive. I, I went and did a quick tour and um, yeah, uh, unreal. I mean, that you'd be like, Hey, if we don't need to go on the road, we'll just, we'll just call the game off of there. So yeah, that's for sure. Uh, speaking of the road, um, you know, you weren't able to go to every road city uh, last season. I think you said like in February, it started, you were able to get, get out on the road. Which city are you looking forward to? It's been, it's going to be like a couple of years since there, uh, anyone in particular? Well, I, I always look forward to going um, to the Canadian cities and especially Montreal. So that's, uh, that's always uh, one I look forward to. And it's on the front end of a back-to-back, -back, I think near the end of November. So I'll get it. I'll get a day in the, in Montreal, but then I think we play the next night in Toronto. So I'll miss the Toronto part of it. Um, because it, it's just too busy to um, do anything but do the actual game. But then again, that's one of the best parts of going to those cities because, um, you know, it's it's Toronto and Montreal. I mean, this, this is the, um, you know, the apex of, of hockey in Canada. So looking forward to that. Um, always look forward to going to Nashville, but because we played a road game in Prague against Nashville, and this is the season where we were only going to Nashville once, that was the game. So we oh, don't get no. to go to Nashville this season. Uh, so that's too bad. But, um, you know, there's other great ones. I, I love going to Minnesota. 
um, you know, that the XL Energy Center is fantastic. And uh, they've got an exciting team and a superstar with Kaprizov. Um, so that's always fun. And and in my in my opinion right now, the, the model franchise in the NHL is Tampa. And I really enjoy going there. They just know what they're doing off the ice. The fan experience is incredible. The in-arena presentation is um, top-notch. And then, of course, they have the team as well um, to back it up. So that's a, also a favorite place to go. And, you know, you're in Florida. <laughs> of course. Get lay out by the beach and enjoy it for sure. Uh, so getting into the broadcast for the season, obviously, you know, a little different because like you said, you, you were calling a, uh, an international feed along with the, with the, uh, NBC feed, uh, anything we should expect differently on the broadcast this season? Uh, yeah, there's going to be a few changes. Number one, um, Brett Hedekin and Drew Remenda will now be sharing the, uh, broadcast duties 50, 50. So Drew will be doing half the games on TV and the other half on the Sharks Audio Network with Dan Rusinowski. And on the nights that uh, Drew's on TV, Brett will be on the Audio Network and vice versa. So they're going to split it right down the middle. So I'll be kind of bouncing back and forth between the two partners. Um, we did a bit of that last year, but there'll be more of it this year. And uh, I think that's good for the viewer. They get a different perspective. There'll be some th uh, games where all three of us are on TV. And then I think Scott Hannon is going to do Audio Network with Dan and Mark Smith occasionally. Great to see the, the Sharks alumni getting involved uh, in, a, in a bigger role with our broadcasts. And, and another big change, you'll see it on opening night, is uh, the Sharks built out a new bar in that, um, that area when you first enter SAP Center. Yeah. Um, I call it the ice bar. It kind of looks like right. ice, uh, blocks of ice there, but a, a beautiful view of San Jose. And that's become a bar now. And NBC Sports California has now um, set up a studio there on a, on a night by night basis. So every pregame, postgame won't be there. But on opening night, Brody Brazil and Curtis Brown will be up there in that area. And I can't wait to see what it looks like. It's, it's going to be great for them. They're going to be right in there with the fans and get a real good feel um, you know, on the telecast of being in the building. And then they'll have the view of San Jose and the lights behind them. So that'll be a, a nice perspective as well. And uh, there's probably some other things that they're going to throw our way that I don't know <laughs> about yet. But those are the big changes. Um, you know, the 50-50 with Drew and Brett and then the uh, pre and post uh, coming inside the building uh, from time to time. I, as I say, not every game, but every home game, but um, quite a few of them. And another change that uh, this is kind of a, a technical thing, but in the past, um, we have always traveled on the road with a producer. Our producer is Sean Madison, um, our director, Paul Davis, and our graphics coordinator, uh, the legendary Darren Stevens, who's an encyclopedia of, Absolutely. of Sharks hockey. <laughs> uh, and because of the new way that NBC and many of the um, RSNs, the regional sports networks, are now televising games, all those people will no longer travel. So they will be in a studio setting, uh, typically in San Francisco. And whereas before I would be talking to the producer or director or even Darren, uh, they'd be in the truck, say in Buffalo downstairs. I'm going to be talking to them now, but they're going to be in the Bay Area and it's all going to be remotely done. Uh, it's cloud-based production. It's, it's everybody's going to it. 
Um, it's more efficient. I, I'm sure it's it's more cost effective and things like that. So that's a big change for us internally. Hopefully the viewer never notices that. Um, but um, yeah, so that's something we're, we did a bit of it last year. Uh, and this year, all the road games will be done that way. They weren't done that way from Prague, but they will be done that way um, going forward. That, that It's the wave of the future. And with the technology being so quickly so to respond to anything that's thrown out, it's like you're right next to them. So I could, I could totally see that happening. It's crazy. You know, you just, you push a button and talk to him and, you know, <laughs> you could be in Boston and he's in the Bay area and three, two, one, go, you know? Yeah, right. I was like, Oh, just go ahead. I'm, I'm just, I'm just lounging. Yeah. Go ahead, Randy. You talk. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I got to ask with the, uh, what do you think of the all teal look for the sharks? It. Isn't like it great? It. Um, I like the fact that they went with the pants too. Yeah. It was, there was a part of me at the beginning went like, Ooh, maybe they should have gone black pants, but the helmet's awesome. <laughs> and, and I'm glad they're not, um, super glossy. Like, uh, I don't know if you saw the Kings game the other night, but they had their new silver lids on yeah. and, um, Vegas didn't have their golden domes on. That would have been maybe too much, <laughs> but, um, no, I really like the look and I love the, uh, I love the white sweaters, the, the road sweater. It really pops. Um, I think they did a really good job with both of them, but I'm looking forward to seeing that that all teal look at home. That, that I mean, I'm a big, big component of everything teal. Uh, so I was just losing it when I saw it. Uh, and I was like, uh, at, the numbers are legible. I'm like, yes, I, nothing, nothing crazy where, you know, uh, we're breaking out the nineties again, where, where everything is like, was that, was that uh Timo? Was that hurdle? Yeah. I can't tell. Yeah. So sadly, there's still some teams that don't get it. And they, they have some crazy fonts on their alternate jerseys. And I'll tell you for us, depending on where we're sitting, sometimes it is a huge challenge to make out the difference between a, a stylized eight or a six um, or a five, even on the back of a sweater. And it, it just, it's a game changer for us. You got to pay a lot more attention and you are constantly checking what line combinations are on the ice so that, you know, sometimes you're guessing as to who has the puck because you can't quite make out the number. I'm curious, have they ever talked to you or, or Dan Rusinowski in regards to it? Because I, I think legibility has got to be one of the things. Yeah, they the, check the out. sharks haven't. And um, I think there was one year when it was a problem um, and, but it was just with a third, third Jersey and, and it didn't affect us that much, but it always astounds me that the league doesn't have a standard where, look, it, you have to have a, a readable font. Um, and they let teams get away with stuff that <laughs> you would not believe how hard <laughs> it is sometimes to see those names. And, um, depending on where you are, like if for a home game where we sit, we're pretty close to the ice, but where Dan Rusinowski sits, as we were talking about before up in the press box, it can be next to impossible. Uh, so um, fingers crossed, we don't run into a lot of that, but not with these sweaters. They, they are, they look great. And uh, I guess we're going to have maybe an alternate sweater somewhere during the season. I saw some mock-ups that were leaked that were like seals looking. Thing. Yeah. I have no inside info as to whether or not that's happening. Or Darn it. Look like. um, I, that's above my pay grade, but uh, <laughs> hopefully we'll be able to tell who has the puck because, you know, back in the day before helmets became mandatory, you know, guys, guys were, you just look at their faces, you know, yeah. and you knew who had the puck. 
And then gradually, as they grandfathered in the mandatory helmets, and Doug Wilson was among the last to uh, go helmetless, and Craig McTavish and players like that, all of a sudden it changed, and, and the numbers became very important, not just on the backs, but on the helmets as well and on the shoulders. Yeah, no, definitely. It was a game changer. I mean, picture, picture either, you know, Jumbo or Bernsey uh, without a, a helmet on, uh, you'll be like, oh, yeah, that's that's <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Um, before I let you go, I, I guess, well, actually, two questions. One, uh, any any uh, story you could share about uh, Doug Wilson since he's being on on Saturday night? Well, you know, Doug is, uh, he's done so much, not only for the Sharks, but but for the community. I mean, you think about um, what the presence of the franchise has meant over these 30 years now. And Doug was kind of uh, the orchestrator of the success for virtually 20 years of that 30-year stretch that the franchise has been in business. And, and it raised the level of awareness um, and helped create civic pride in San Jose. I mean, uh, you know, you've been around forever and for all those years before the Sharks uh, started having success, you know, you, you cheered for the 49ers or the Warriors or the A's or the Giants. Uh, and I know the earthquakes were around, but that was pre MLS days and they were in leagues out of them indoor outdoor, but then not again. So they weren't quite the, the national presence that the NHL team became when the Sharks came into, into being, but uh, you know, and, and, and putting together a team that, uh, what do we have a stretch where we made the playoffs 19 times out of 21 years? I mean, it's just unbelievable. And it, it uh, created such a buzz in the city. And then, I mean, the master stroke of, of putting together the trade for Joe Thornton. Um, <laughs> you know, let's be honest, we probably wouldn't be talking about all those times in the playoffs if they hadn't got Thornton. I mean, yeah. he was the driver behind all of it. And you know, Patrick Marlowe, great player, and Joe Pavelski, great player, and there were others, and Owen Nolan before uh, Thornton and all that. But, you know, Jumbo's the one that stirred the drink. And, uh, you know, first ballot Hall of Famer, one of the greatest playmakers in the history of the NHL. And Doug, Doug made that happen and uh, then, you know, built a team around him that, sadly for Doug and for all of us, didn't get to the Stanley Cup as far as winning it, made it to the final, but but didn't get to, didn't get the uh, ring. But... Um, you know, and then there's all the, the, the things that happen behind the scenes. And, um, you know, Doug's always been somebody that you could go to for help. And I've leaned on him uh, in, in times of personal need, the family need. And he's always been there and been a resource. And uh, um, so, so glad that we're able to honor him on Saturday. And, you know, I would expect that we'll, we'll see him back in the NHL again sooner than later. And he'll be trying to beat us. <laughs> Which is which is tough to to think about, but yeah, it, it, he's been a great guy. Uh, we've t I've talked to him a couple of times on here. Uh, great to chat with. So, uh, finally, who do you like on this team? I mean, I, I of course Hurdle and Meyer. Uh, I really like Luke Cunningham's drive uh, in those two games. Uh, I mean, anything in anybody that's, that's kind of stuck out. I know, granted, it's a small sample size. Yeah, um, you know, I've, I've liked, uh, like you, I've liked Luke Cunnan, Um, and I've also liked Stephen Lawrence. Um, this was the guy that came to us from Carolina in the Burns deal, and uh, just the, like one of the nicest hockey players you will ever have the chance to talk to if you do. He's just a great guy, but, um, you know, he's big, and I thought he looked good in that second game when, uh, when Quinn moved him up to the second line to play with Couture and LeBanc. 
Um, I'd love to see Kevin LeBanc get that scoring touch back and he's shooting the puck a lot. It's just, yeah. it just hasn't gone in yet. And again, you know, we're, we're two games in 80 to go, but um, yeah, Lawrence is a guy that sticks out for me as somebody that I'm excited about. Um, obviously like all the fans, I want to see Bortolo and Eklund as well. Uh, and I, I think they'll make their way to San Jose before long, but I think it's really a good move by Mike Greer to, to start them with the Barracuda and, and, you know, dominate in the AHL. You aren't you aren't uh, uh, first overall draft picks uh, that were can't miss NHLers. You know, you've got some things to prove and, and go prove it in that in that league and show that you can dominate there and put up points there and and you know win a job, not be handed a job. And I think maybe last year too many of the rookies got handed chances and didn't maybe earn them the old fashioned way. Um, with the Barracuda some of that was just a function of injury and whatnot but I think um, this is a better way to to develop players and it might be a little painful and and we might uh, have to wait might be Christmas time might be after that who knows might not be till next year and then again when injuries happen it could be next week I mean you just don't know but um, I'm excited to see their development uh, and I think it's great, too, for the Barracuda in the new arena. And there will be more profile on them now because they have those uh, exciting young players. And they're not the only ones. Tristan Robbins, uh, Brandon Coe, uh, Ozzy Weisblatt. Uh, you know, it, it goes on and on there with that group. But, um, yeah, Lawrence I'm excited about. And on the blue line, um, you know, Benning has been a nice pickup. Um, he's a... Solid player talking to Drew Amenda, who broadcast the Edmonton Oilers um, for a number of years. And Matt Benning was there. He's very high on Matt. Add some real grit, some sandpaper to the blue line. And I'd love to see Shimmick get his game back to where it was a couple of years ago. And I'm also uplifted in the first two games, at least by the way Mark Edward Blassig has played. He played 20 minutes the first night against Nashville, a little over 19 the second night. And looked more like the pickles from, you know, two, three years ago. And that is going to be solid because let's face it, the Sharks are going to be goal challenged this year. There's no question about that. They were the lowest scoring team five on five in the league last year, and they lost Burns. So uh, getting goals is going to be a chore and it's going to have to be got by committee. And, you know, fingers crossed the Timo and Hurdle and Couture can do their usual things. And that some of the other guys can play a little bit better offensively uh, to provide that offense you're going to need. But clearly the goaltending is going to have to be good. And I think it will be with Reimer and Kakinen and the defensive play is going to have to be there. It's, you know, the Sharks are going to have to win three, two, two, one games. That's just the fact of it. Um, they're not going to be lighting it up every night. Like maybe they did uh, when, when, you know, Thornton and Marlowe and Pavelski and all the rest were in their heyday. So it's going to be a different look. But uh, I, I just like the the direction Mike Greer's taking with rebuilding this team. I, I'm a big David Quinn fan. Um, he's just a he's a he's a terrific person as well, you know. And and I think above anything, Mike Greer um, put a premium on adding quality people to the organization. And I don't have to name names, but I, th I think uh, we got away from that with uh, at, at least in particular one individual who did a lot of harm to our um to our chemistry if you will and that player is <laughs> not with us anymore but i think we need to get back to the foundation of bringing good people in as well uh and that's how you build good teams and that's how you build success yeah i i look forward to it uh 
the future looks bright. Uh, and of course, it's a new season. Anything can happen. We've seen it from this from this franchise before. So uh, with that, as always, thank you for taking the time to, for joining me, Randy. Appreciate you so much. Look forward to seeing you at the tank uh, all season long. Thank you very Thanks, much. Sir. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Thank you.